This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to Live and Learn on the Bigger Picture. You're with Dashran Johan and Sharad Kutten. We are continuing our coverage of GE15 today as many things are still developing. Again, just a quick recap of the results. Pakatan Harapan, 82 seats. Perikata National, 73 seats. Barisan National, 30 seats. GPS, 22 seats. The race is to 112. So we've already passed the deadline set by the Palace, which was 2pm earlier, just five minutes ago. So we're going to be talking to political players today to get their thoughts on the unfolding event. So joining us first up on the line is Fami Fadzil. He's the MP for Lumba Pantai and PKR's Information Chief. Welcome to the show, Fami. Um, with Istana Negara's announcement that there would be no extension to today's 2pm deadline, has Pakatan Harapan submitted names and what are its numbers? Yeah, uh, we have. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not in position to disclose uh, that information. Um, okay, but let's just put it this way, Fami. Uh, we have a report saying that Barisan National uh, has not submitted any SDs in favour either PH or PN. So has anyone reached the 112 mark? And we know that uh, Tanshi Mudin Yassin has claimed to have 112 and, and also just recently yet another, he says. So uh, in terms of the numbers game, what does it look like? It's hard to, uh, to to really say uh, definitively at this point in time. The only thing we know is that uh, Shafi Abdal of uh, Pati Warisan has uh, came out with a statement maybe about 10-15 minutes ago saying that uh, they're backing PH and BN. Uh, so we know there's three MPs there. And uh, if you do the math, uh, then at least on PH side, there's uh, 82 plus uh, three, that's 85. Uh, but I'm not in a position to say more than that. Can you at least tell us if you're confident right now? What, how, how high are your confidence levels when it comes to forming the government? I'm stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, I, I wonder if this is the best way to, to form a government. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we have never gone through uh, something like this before. Uh, it's definitely a, a very steep learning curve. Um, at the same time, I think, given that uh, Perak has uh, found a way out, I think uh, we need to find a way uh, out uh, as soon as possible. I don't think we can delay uh, for very much longer because of the impact and effect it has on uh, whether it's the markets or investor sentiment. Uh, I think, uh, also, as well as for political stability purposes, I think I think it's very important that the uh, government continues to run. Um, and to me, at this point in time, we hope we'll be able to have some kind of answer uh, from Isan Negara today. Yeah, so just look at the Para example. We not only had a government, the Menteri Basar was born yesterday, we have now the naming of the EXCO, it seems uh, fairly well distributed, at least proportionate uh, between PH and BN with uh, quite a quite a diversity of faces there representing the parties as well as different ethnic groups. As w- um, I'm not quite sure about the gender parity in the EXCO, but okay, let's put that aside. I mean, in... in, in When you look at Para, what could be lessons for federal, the federal government and the process that we are seeing unfolding? I think there should be not too much delay because it creates a lot of uncertainty. Uh, so I think uh, what Istana Negara has done uh, to delay by a day, I think uh, that is sufficient. Um, but to, to extend it any further, when Perak, for example, has shown a way, I think that is, uh, that is quite 
some something for us to Uh, take stock of. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the showing the way. What we had in Para was uh, the monarch uh, invited the party with the largest number of seats, asked them if they could fi- uh, form the government. They said they could not. Then they went to the second, uh, and which was Pakatan Harapan, and there we found uh, that Pakatan could work with uh, Barisan National. It's not happening in this process. Would that be a better way of doing it? Instead of using the SD route, that it should be, in fact, yeah. the leader of the largest party uh, after the polls? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if we were to look at uh, uh, other similar Westminster-style parliamentary systems, uh, perhaps that's something that we can learn. Yeah. Um, and while we may not say that uh, those other systems, the way they arrive at uh, the best, uh, giving the, the first bite of the cherry, the first right of refusal, I think uh, it's still something to take note of because, uh, yes, uh, I, I do believe that uh, this such uh, declaration business is, is too much cloak and dagger, too much. Uh, it's, it's too opaque, I think, for, for, for people. Um, and I think as a maturing democracy, it's something for us to really take, take stock of and whether it's the best instrument uh, to measure uh, such things going forward. Fami, can I know uh, if there, what are the various options that Pakatan Harapan weighed? Because it seems like both Harapan and PN are racing towards the 112. Has there been any attempt to form a minority government of sorts? Well, theoretically, PH is a minority government with uh, a leader. Uh, if we were to apply uh, similar uh, standards by uh, going by other jurisdictions that employ the Westminster-style parliamentary system, um, theoretically, that, that is the case because Pakatan Harapan ended up being uh, the largest bloc. That, I believe, is what the chairman of the election commission should have said on election night instead of saying no one has... He can say that. He can also say the fact that Pakatan Harapan is the bloc with the largest number of of uh, MPs. And yet he didn't. So I think we have to ask him why he didn't say that. Um, Fami, we've just got, um, I guess this is really fresh because um, Ismail Sabri, former Prime Minister, he just tweeted, um, he said, um, Alhamdulillah, Dewan Tertinggi BN um, membuat keputusan untuk tidak menyokong mana-mana gabungan and that BN has decided um, collectively to stay in opposition. Um, what is your response to that? Uh, well, I think at this point in time, it's really the call of uh, the leaders of each bloc. Uh, the leaders of each coalition, as it were. So I can't really respond to that um, because I think um, it's not my call to make. Uh, okay, but, but, but we can ask yeah. you this though. So Ismail Sabri is not the leader of the bloc. You're talking Zaid Hamidi no. is the leader of the bloc, right? Yesterday, yes. they seemed to be uh, a deal. They, you know, there was with all these pictures, there were meetings. To, what's no. happened to that deal? What, why, why did it implode? No, I don't... Uh, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Uh, we are not in a position to to say. I think uh, I was reading in the press saying that uh, BN will be coming up with an official statement to be issued by its Secretary General. So we'll, we'll have to wait for that. 
Okay, can we also ask you about how you're selling this idea to your base? Because, um, you know, for the longest time throughout the campaigns, um, in all your speeches, um, the, the party speeches and all, you all said, you know, even someone like Kairi Jamaluddin, don't vote for him because a vote for him is a vote for Zahir and, and so on and so forth. And I'm sure many of your supporters took that to heart, right? They, they followed that. And then now you're coming together and saying that, you know, uh, Zahir Hamidi is, is, uh, has agreed or, or sort of agreed to work with Pakatan Harapan and and things like that. How are you all selling this idea to, to your supporters? Well, it's two different things. One is we, we were in a competition. Um, an election is really that, yeah, to, to, to pick a winner yeah, from uh, among a number of uh, people who have put themselves forward. And this is actually a separate process post-election, which is we need to have a functioning, functional government. And given the lay of the land, given the way that the chips have fallen, uh, how the die is cast. This is what we need to do. So to some extent, we're being pragmatic. Uh, to a large extent, we accept that this this has been the decision or uh, the will of the people, so uh, as it were. Uh, and so we must make do with what we have. You know, you, you play with the cards that you're dealt. And, and this, is, this is what we need to do at this point in time. Um, to abdicate on our responsibility to attempt to form a government uh, purely on uh, rhetorical grounds, I think, uh, to me, uh, is, is, not, is not a responsible position. Given the state of the economy, given the, the slide in the bursa as well as the dip in the value of the ringgit. Uh, so I think we need to shore up that confidence. We need to provide stability, certainty. We need to have a functioning government now. Yeah, so there are arguments being made that perhaps the better coalition, a stronger, the one that actually would be a unity government would be a PHPN uh, coming together. But we've here uh, lots of uh, resistance. Uh, I think quite a bit coming from Pekatan. We had uh, aspersions cast by uh, Trunganu Exco on what's happening in Para, uh, raising you know uh, the, the specter of uh, under-representation of Malay MPs. Uh, sorry, Aduns. What's your? What were the possibilities of that conversation, PH and PN? No, I think uh, it's it's a non-starter at this point. Um, there have been no serious discussions. Uh, there have been no discussions, as far as I'm concerned. You know, as far as the leadership is concerned, uh, and I think we acknowledge that the seats that PH lost, the seats that BN lost, we both lost to PN. So any attempt to work together with PN means acknowledging that you know they they ate up our seats, whether it's Matang Pau or Green or um, you know like any or Rompin, for example, or Kuala Selang, uh, not Kuala Selangor, Hulu Selangor, for example. So in that sense, PH and BN are, uh, are slightly more uh, on the same side because. One, both PKR and AMNO have been uh, victims of party hopping, and most of them went to Bersatu, which is in Prikatan. Secondly, the seats that they recently took from PH as well as uh, uh, BN is it went to PN. So I think so. I think that that is the situation now. Um, with deals come compromises, Fami. What are the compromises Pakatan Harapan is willing to make um, with AMNO? And, and what are the red lines? Uh, we have uh, reiterated several times before. Uh, of course, there was a, a high-level meeting yesterday uh, with representatives of each side. And I'm not party to that. I'm not privy to 
the discussions there. Um, but it is made known to us that uh, uh, things, as, especially what the Chianwa has said during the press conference uh, yesterday, that uh, you know issues of governance, issues of economy, these are at the forefront. Nothing was raised with regards to uh, issues about court cases. Yeah, so that remains something which, uh, at this point in time, we're, we're not going to entertain. All right. On that note, thank you so much for joining us today, Fami. That was Fami Fazil. He's the MP for Lamba Pantai and PKR's Information Chief. Okay, we do need to go for a very quick break. After that, we'll be hearing from Passes MP of Bachok, Mohamed Shair Che Sulaiman. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.